and welcome back to another episode of On Death and Dancing. I'm your host, Stella, and I'm excited to get into today's episode. It has been a minute, hasn't it? It's 2024 now. That's crazy. So it's a new year. A new year. I'm excited. I'm actually in the process of saving for some new podcast equipment. I'm super, super stoked for this because not that my equipment is currently bad. It's just not to the level that I want it to be. So I'm saving for a new mic, some new software. We're looking at over a grand. Okay, it's kind of pricey, but it'll be worth it. That's what I've got on the go. Apart from that, work's been good, been working lots, been hanging out with my dogs. So, you know, 2024 has been good to me so far. So today's podcast is actually a fun one. I posed a Q&A to my Instagram followers and asked them to ask me anything about stripping, about dancing, about relationships, money, and let me tell you the questions flooded in. I was not expecting that. I did get a lot of questions on dating particularly, so (laughs) we are going to save the dating and relationships topic for a whole nother episode. But yeah, oh, and before I forget, if you do have questions you want to send me, just send them to me on Instagram. My Instagram is Stella underscore Sachs, S-T-E-L-L-A underscore S-A-X-E. I don't have a specific podcast Instagram. I'm just running my personal one. It's private, but if you listen to the podcast and you want to ask me questions or give me some commentary, my DMs are always open for feedback on that kind of stuff. So please give my Instagram a follow if you want to stay tuned. I do post when new episodes go out. And as we all know, I need to get better at that. So if you do follow my Instagram, you have more insight into what the podcast is going through. (laughs) So please go do that if you haven't already. If you already are following me, thank you. These questions that I got are from my followers. So if you are one of those, thank you. I got, again, so many questions on dating. That was the first question I got is, what is it like to date as a stripper? And like I said, this is going to be a whole episode. There's so much I can say on this topic. But let me just say that it's dating multiplied by a difficulty of 100. So yeah, everything you know about dating, take that times 10 and make it more challenging. That's what it's like to date as a stripper. I'll just tell you that. Or that's what my experience has been. Again, everything that I'm talking about today is through the lens of my own experiences as a dancer. Don't take this personally if this doesn't apply to you. But moving on, I got a lot of questions on finances. So we're going to get a little bit into that. Question number two that came in was, how much do you make if you feel comfortable sharing? And this is an interesting topic for me. Money in in general is an interesting topic for anyone. You know, it's one of those things where you're not supposed to talk about, what do they say, religion, politics, and money, and sex. And like, I work in like two of those industries, like a very sexually heightened environment, and then also an environment where you make a lot of money. It's interesting, though, because I saw on the Dancers Resource, which is this Instagram account that poses knowledge and information for strippers. So if you're not following them, you should follow them. But they posted a statistic that the average salary of a stripper is anywhere between nineteen dollars to $240,000 a year. Um, yeah, that's the average. Some people are below that. Some people are above that. So it's kind of funny that they give such a big range because that's kind of how the industry is Tracking your income can be really difficult. My first year dancing was really, really difficult um, because I didn't really know how much I was making. And to be honest, I didn't have a good like 
tracking system. And now I track my finances with the financial advisor. So it's very helpful to have that in place. But yeah, I don't know if I feel fully comfortable sharing my salary. Again, this industry is so different because every day is different. You're not making the same amount of money like you would on a salaried position. It's not like you go into stripping and they're like, oh, we're going to hire you at 75k a year. You know, when I worked in tech, it was like that. Like you're offered, you're given a job offer, you get a salary and that's what you get into. Like it does range so much. I will say I'm very comfortable with what I'm making. Um, I live a very comfortable lifestyle. I'm very happy and grateful for the money that I make. Could I be making more? Absolutely. It all depends on factors like when you work, who you work with, I don't know, what day you have. Like if you work more weekends, sometimes those can be better. Sometimes weekdays can be better. Honestly, this industry is so crazy and I'm pretty big into data analysis. So in my own tracking, I tend to write down like everything about the night, how many hours I worked, how many girls were working, what club I worked at, what was the weather like that day, just like little tiny notes in my spreadsheet. I mean, you don't have to keep it that detailed. But looking back at the last year, like now I have a record of the best days to work, like Tuesday at this club, horrible. Wednesdays at this club, great. You know, it kind of helps give you some perspective. But again, this is such a loaded question. You can make a lot of money or you can make absolutely no money. I see strippers who come into work who go home with less than they would at a salaried position. So it's, it's you know, it depends what your hustle is like. And sometimes my hustle is good and sometimes I'm making big and sometimes I'm not. But for the most part, if you're consistent with your work, you show up. That's the big one. You show up to work. You take shifts. You do your thing. Um, you should, you know, make a comfortable amount of money. Next question that came in says, does your family know your profession? If so, how did you go about telling them? All right, another interesting one. So if you've listened to the previous episodes, you know that I don't have parents. My parents passed away in my early 20s before I even started dancing. So my parents do not know that I strip. And I consistently think about what they would what they would say to me if they knew. And I think they would probably have a hard time coming to terms with it, but eventually they would. I think eventually my mom specifically would be like, you know what? She's financially independent. She has her own apartment. She's raising her dog. She would be proud of me. I think it would be weird <laughs> to tell my dad. He probably, just because my parents, honestly, they probably never even, maybe they gone to a strip club. I have no idea. Not like I can ask them, but I don't think my parents were as sexually liberated as you need to be to kind of accept this industry Um, yeah, that's a weird one. So no, I never had to tell my parents, my family, or I should say members of my family know what I do. So I was very open about my profession with my sister. She is basically my best friend and she knows everything about me. So she was there from the get go. You know, I told her, Hey, I'm getting pretty good at pole. I think I'm going to apply at the club. Hey, I applied at the club. They hired me. Hey, I have my first day. Hey, I have this, this, this. Like I kept her in the loop with everything that was going on from, you know, day one to where I am now. So she knows what I do. I don't necessarily think that she encourages what I do. I don't think she's like, oh, keep this up forever. But she definitely supports me. She just wants me to be happy and and safe, most of all. And again, my sister has actually never been to a strip club, so it was a bit weird telling her. But because of our relationship, I felt very comfortable. I know a lot of women um, in the industry maybe don't have those supports and don't feel comfortable. And like, absolutely no pressure. You don't have to tell anyone anything (laughs) about your job if you don't want to. Um, Who else in my family knows? My, my best friends know. I don't hide anything about my job when it comes to my friends because I think 
it's important that they know uh, for safety reasons, too. My aunts and uncles, they don't know, but they know. You know what I mean? It's like, don't ask, don't tell. I'm sure they know. Like, when I give them really nice gifts or, you know, I offer to pay with cash, like, they see things and they're like, mm, I think she might be stripping, but they they might know. I didn't explicitly ask them or tell them, but they, they probably know. But I'm very, very grateful and, again, super, super thankful that I have a supportive backbone family, you know, because of what I've been through in the past. I think it kind of strengthened the bond and, like, even if I was doing something horrible, I don't know, maybe if I was a criminal of some sort, like, my family would still support me in a weird way. You know, I'm not saying that they would support me, but they would probably just want me to be happy. We're at the point where we've come through a lot of grief together and we're like, you know what, you got to do what you got to do on your life path to make your life seem valuable and worthwhile and exciting. And that is what I am doing as a dancer, as a stripper now. I feel so much fulfillment from this job and my family can see that. So they know what I do. And what's the other part of the question? Oh, if so, how'd you go about telling them? I think I, I just literally, I mean, like I said, my my extended family, they inferred from things that I was doing that I was a dancer. But my sister, I just told her from the get-go. I was just honest. I think if you feel comfortable, that's almost an easier way you know, to tell them from the beginning rather like, oh yeah, I've been surfing for five years. They might be like, what? And you hit it all this time? I don't know. For me, it was just easier to just tell people right off the bat um, than to like hang on to the idea and, and keep dancing and see how people would react. But yeah, I hope I answered that question all right. That was a little bit of an extended answer. Next question. Someone sent in, what are your thoughts on academics? I'm saving to go to school and I'm wondering if it's worth it. Oh my goodness. Okay. Another loaded question. So academics, man, yeah, I have two degrees. So I have my bachelor's degree in communications, majoring in journalism, and I have my master's degree in digital media, specializing in AI applications on dating apps. I did my whole thesis on that. I could probably talk about that forever too. But what are my thoughts on academics? Okay, I'm going to adjust myself in my seat here because this is another topic that kind of riles me up. So I firmly believe that knowledge is power. I think that there is no such thing as going to school and like having it be a waste. I know a lot of people feel like they go into degrees or they do something in their life and they're like, oh man, I regret this. I don't think any time you spend money or you do something to gain knowledge that that can be negative. I think that is an inherently good thing. Do I agree with the cost of going to school? Absolutely not. I think academia is a huge scam. For perspective, my Bachelor's degree cost, I think, 45000 and my master's was like sixty. So I spent like over a hundred grand. And just Google it. There's actually a ton of scholarships that go unawarded because so many people don't know about them. So do your research on scholarships. But yeah, $100,000 on a degree, two degrees. No guarantee of a job. Absolutely not. In the industry that I was in, I'm thankful it wasn't super saturated. And because I was able to turn my journalism career into kind of a marketing career, that worked out really well for me. And then transitioning into tech worked really well for me because at the time, it was like after COVID, a lot of jobs were open. But now you look at tech and you look at all the layoffs that are happening and you look at marketing and how oversaturated, like everyone has a business degree. So you spend all this money with no guarantee that you're going to get a job. It's not like it was back in the day where you go to school, you get what you're supposed to do and you're like in that field immediately. Nowadays, it's more who you know than what you know. But I do also think that it's never a waste. You can always take what you know and turn it into something. So like my marketing stuff, I know how to use Adobe Premiere Pro and Audacity and Canva and all this 
cool software that I can now use to make OnlyFans content. So it's funny how that works, but yeah, I don't think anytime you go to school, it's a bad thing. Um, I'm wondering if it's worth it as a second part of the question. That depends on you. I think for me, my school is totally worth it. It got me to where I am today. I don't know if the path to even dancing would have happened without my background and without the burnout, honestly, that I experienced working and kind of led me to craving a different uh, form of life and a different way of getting income. I mean, I'm a full-time contractor now before I was on salary. So, I mean, I wouldn't have learned that if I didn't go through what I went through. And I also met some incredible people in school. Some of my university friends are the best people I know, the brightest, most inspiring people I know. So for me, it was absolutely worth it. I would sit down and think about what your goals are in life. If it feels right, I'm a big intuition kind of girl. I, I trust my gut a lot. So if your intuition is like, yeah, do it, then then do it. But honestly, if you don't want to do it, no shame in that either. You don't have to go to school. I like the next question. Here we go. This is kind of fun. What makes a great customer and contrary, what makes a bad customer? So obviously what makes a great customer? Someone who's willing to spend their dollar bills on you. Um, yeah, <laughs> not not only that, but like that's a big part of it. Okay. You don't want to go to work and make no money because of someone being like, oh, I can't afford this or I'm too stingy or whatever. You know, you uh, you hear it every day that someone complains about the prices of, of dances. And dances in my city are $35 for a song. So, you know, it's like less than my lip gloss, to be honest. And I always use that as a line. Someone's like, oh, that's expensive. I'm like, babe, it's less than my lip gloss. And then they get all uncomfortable. And But yeah, um, what makes a good customer? Someone who wants to spend money, someone who values your time. I think that's a better way of putting it. Instead of just wanting to spend, they value your time. They see you as someone who can make their night an experience and who can make their night fun and exciting and relaxed if that's what they want. So, you know, whether that's chilling by the bar and having a conversation and they tip you or they go for lots of dances. Also someone who is hygienic, that's a big one for me. Um, I love a good man who comes into the club, he spends money on the girls, he's dressed nice, he smells nice, he's like there for just a good time for him and for us. Um, if you come in and you don't smell good or you haven't brushed your teeth, you're just, you're making the place a little, icky and it really shows what makes a bad customer is someone who's rude someone who does not value your time someone who complains someone who is cheap someone who doesn't understand the industry who doesn't understand that we're not paid to be here and someone who is insecure i find insecure men are kind of the worst customers because they often are like oh i don't do this like let me take you out for dinner first or they or they try and like get you out of your work environment and it's like babe we're working we're working okay a man who can respect that and respect your time that's the best customer and a man who doesn't that's the worst customer next question that came in says what is it like working with women all day does the club ever get dramatic i'm thinking about auditioning but i'm scared i like the first part of this question what is it like working with women all day just imagine what it's like working with women all day i mean in our case all night um I don't know if you've ever read that book, like women are from Venus, men are from Mars, but women are emotional thinkers and men are logical thinkers. So like emotions are very heightened. Okay. It is a very, very dramatic environment. However, you can stay out of the drama. You don't have to be involved in it. A lot of girls that I know and a lot of the best sellers I know just come and make their bed go home. Like don't even, they're not even involved in the drama. But yeah, it's, it's like how you would imagine working with women all the time. It is catty. Um, but again, I've made some of my best freaking friends from stripping. Some of the most, again, 
amazing women I've met in this career. So it's dramatic, but it's more how you react to situations. Obviously, you can be thrown into so many situations. There can be drama with a DJ playing someone's song or, you know, someone going up to your front row. Like so many things can happen that you have to react to. And it's definitely more on how you react. So if you're not good at reacting to situations and you react emotionally instead of logically, it could be a challenging environment for you. And I would think about reconsidering (laughs) auditioning at the club. But if you're able to like process things and be like, okay, I'm not going to get, let my emotions get the best of me. I'm not going to react too fast. Obviously reacting fast can be helpful in certain situations. I'm just saying you don't want to go from like zero to a hundred and escalate a situation with like another girl that you work with that could make the environment awkward and tense. You don't want to be having a tense environment with your coworkers. Okay. You just want it to be neutral or positive. We don't need it to be positive all the time and neutral energy is fine, but you don't want it in that negative zone. And when you react too quickly, oftentimes the energy in a room can get really tense. We don't want that. So yeah, it does get dramatic, but there are ways to manage that. This next question is really deep. It just says, do you have any regrets about your life? And yeah, I don't think I do. I mean, I'm trying to think. Like, I just regret being so insecure when I was younger. I'm 27 now, learning how to be more insecure with myself. And that's a daily thing, but dance has 100% helped with that. I think when I was in junior high, middle school, high school, that period of my life, I was deeply, deeply insecure. I don't think that my relationship with my parents really helped. I think I was pushed a lot to kind of perform a specific way. And I always knew I was kind of this black sheep, uh, more intuitive person. And so going by the book and trying to live my life by this guideline of how life should be really made me feel insecure and felt like I didn't fit in. So looking back at my younger self, I don't think I was secure at all. I was not confident. And now I've developed a lot of confidence. And don't get me wrong, I'm not confident every day. Hardly. I still have my insecurities, like quite a few, but you know, it's manageable now. I'm, I have ways. I have therapist. Oh my God. Thank goodness for my therapist. I didn't have a therapist when I was younger. Like I did, but I did not want to talk to her. And so nothing ever happened. My parents were like, well, you know, talk to her. So what's the point? But now that I have a therapist, like a grief therapist, and we talk about, she is so sex positive. She knows everything about my career. I tell her everything. I'm like, oh my God, this guy did this. And she like, she just gets it, you know, and having that has been really helpful. But yeah, no regrets. Just kind of regret being, (laughs) I just said no regrets and then said I have regrets, but it's not really a regret. I just look back on my life and think, okay, I could have been more secure, but it didn't end up any, it didn't change how I am, you know? I still very much appreciate and grateful for my life today, despite everything that's happened. But if I could go back in time, I would tell my younger self, like, girl, be more confident. Why are you hiding? Who cares if you have a pimple? My God, it doesn't matter. Men don't care about pimples. Like, if you think of a guy at 14, you think men care about pimples. But when you're 27, you have a pimple in the club. Like, they do not care. They care more about your butt. Okay? Do more squats is what I would have told myself. But anyways, okay. Next question says... What is the most challenging thing for you as a stripper? And I actually wrote this down in my notes on my phone. I put UTIs. Um, Okay, for some reason, since I started dancing, I get a lot more UTIs and like yeast infections and just like my pee. And this is like TMI. Is this too much for a podcast? Sorry, I don't know if I should be talking about this. But yeah, I get a lot of UTIs. So um, hygiene, I mean, I have to really 
take care of my body now. I, I drink a lot of cranberry juice. I like take probiotics. I went to a nutritionist. And I'm like on this whole vitamin regime because I do get a lot of UTIs. And I don't know that that I just wrote was the most challenging thing, which I, is probably a little bit trivial, but that's <laughs> just what I came up with. What else is challenging? I'm trying to think. Obviously, like it's an exhausting job. It's mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually exhausting, but it's also the most rewarding. So that that's a very tough one. I'm just going to stick with the UTI answer because it's like hurting my little brain right now. Okay, the last question that I have says, what do you prefer more, OnlyFans or stripping? And I haven't talked about this on the podcast yet, but I also do have an OnlyFans account. I do. I make online content, spicy content. So if you're not 18, you can't access it. But I hope you're more than 18 years old listening to this. Regardless, okay, so I do have an OnlyFans. I do make some content on the side and uh, in addition to stripping. And Which do I prefer more? I can't answer this because I like them both. I don't think I prefer one over the other. OnlyFans is a lot of work, but it's a lot more relaxed. Like I can just do it from my home. Whereas stripping is exhausting, <laughs> but I think I make a lot more money, obviously, through stripping. I make good money through OnlyFans, but I don't think I put as much energy into it as I could be. The content that I do make is kind of, I, I hope that 2024 is the year where I actually get really good at content. I have some really big ideas for some really cool shoots, um, different ways I can incorporate my dancing, like my pole dancing, and just make it really thematic and artsy and also sensual and very sexy. Like, that's kind of what I want to get out of that. Um, yeah. I make a lot of bath content because going back to the UTI thing, I have a lot of baths and showers. So a lot of my OnlyFans right now is just like convenient content, I should say. Like I'll just film when I'm in the bath because I'm already having a bath, but I want it to feel more like a job instead of just like this thing that I just kind of do because I feel like that's when I get the best content is when I treat it like, hey, I need, I'm going to set aside some time today to put these cameras here, to take these photos, to do this video of myself doing whatever. So, yeah, I like both. Honestly, both forms of this work suit me. That is all I have for questions. I'm excited. You guys sent in some really good stuff. And if I do another FAQ or FAQ, yeah, if I do another Q&A, sorry, that's what I meant to say. Um, I'll probably do another episode on that sooner. But I think we're going to leave all the dating questions and relationship questions until another week because that is... Yeah, that's a big topic. Otherwise, I hope you are all having an amazing week and stay tuned. I've got more episodes up my sleeve. I promise you 2024 is going to be a good year for podcasts. So I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.